All right. Let's, let's uh, go to the Lord. Father, uh, as I've said at other times, this is uh, one of the most important times uh, during the service that we can come and, and call upon you as a congregation and bring up our heart's desires before you. Lord, you're a gracious God, and so we come to you as our daddy father who loves us. And Lord, just minister to each one this morning. Minister to my heart from your word. And uh, we thank you for your word. We do lift up to you uh, these needs, uh, Bruce and Diane, as they come, and for, their, uh, for Bruce's son, Tom. And Lord, I would pray for Kevin as well as he will be speaking. Uh, just uh, give him the words to say, just what you would have him to say. Lord, we lift up Harry to you. And uh, who's not feeling well, we pray for strength for him, just encouragement. For our daughters, as, uh, as they're together in Mexico, Lord, that uh, it might be centered around Christ. Lord, it's so easy to go to a place like that and forget you. But I pray, God, that um, uh, they would uh, center uh, this time around Christ, just sharing what Christ means to them. And Father, we thank you that Sue McCormick is, is doing well, and, and that we continue to lift her to you for strengthening, for Kyle who's struggling at work, and as he uh, ministers to Hodge, I, pr I pr pray for that relationship and for Ben's relationship, God, to just continue to use him as he stands out as a believer. And uh, for this uh, nation, God, it's, we lift our nation to you. And Lord, our hearts are broken over the Supreme Court's ruling. And God, but uh, we live in wicked times, and... Uh, but, Lord, we trust you. We look to you. We know that you're in control. Help us to be witnesses, to stand up for truth whenever we have that opportunity. And, and Lord, I pray for... Uh, uh, thank you for uh, uh, Chase Sims coming to this Bible study. I pray that you'd bring him back and be with Andrew as he ministers to, to him. And uh, for Miss Bird... Uh, Lord, I pray um, for uh, the meeting that David and Deborah have with her uh, tomorrow night. God, just uh, use them. Open CG's heart to who you are. God, uh, it, without you, we can do nothing. By your, the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, come minister and touch her heart and may they see the love of Christ and David and Deborah and that she needs you and so Lord we we just lift these things to you and, and praise you Father for hearing our prayers for answering our prayers and we give you all the glory in Jesus name Amen turn to Mark chapter 1 Mark chapter 1 and uh We'll be looking at Jesus' baptism this morning and uh, some interesting things here. And uh, last week we started our series in the, book of, in the Gospel of Mark, In the Life of Christ, and John the Baptizer comes as the Old Testament had predicted, teaching that people need to prepare their lives for the coming King, and that's true today. He's coming again. We better be ready. Uh, he preached repentance 
which means a deep inward change of the direction of the heart resulting in a changed life. I'm just going over this quickly. He preached confession of sins where you recognize that you're a sinner. You agree with God concerning that and you know you say, I confess I can't save myself. I need Jesus. He preached forgiveness of sins where God sends away our sins past, present, and future uh, forever. They're gone. And uh, uh, he preached about the mighty one in verse 7, which is really the, uh, the focal point about Christ, about Jesus. And later on he says, he must increase but I, and I must decrease. And uh, Mark is, uh, speaks of the king who will become, who comes as a servant. And how we need to have servants' hearts like Jesus. And that's found in chapter 10, verse 45. Um, John the Baptist pointed men to Christ who would baptize with the Holy Spirit. We need to be pointing uh, mankind to Christ who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John realized it was not about him. He baptized with water which has no power to save anyone. Water baptism will not save you, even though there are some churches that would teach that you receive the Holy Spirit when you're baptized in water. That is not true. It's just not true. You must be born again by the Spirit. You must trust the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This morning we see how... Jesus began his public ministry uh, by being baptized. And so let's read Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately, and here, here again we see that word, immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. few verses, but a lot of, of things to talk about here. Uh, how did John baptize? And of course, with water. And, uh, and of course, the, the, the argument was, uh, through the years, is did everybody go under the water? Uh, did he sprinkle or pour water on them? Uh, I, I was raised believing that he was immersed and was taught that at school pretty much. But, uh, you know, we have to be careful when we come to the scriptures with preconceived ideas, something that we've heard in the past. We, we hold it because some man taught it or what have you. But we need to take off our eyeglasses, whether we're Baptist, Presbyterian, or whatever, and look at the Word of God for what it says. Not because I'm in a certain denomination or anything, but what does the Bible teach? And be true to the Scriptures. And then if we don't know, just say, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of where I am with this. You know, uh, I believe from the Scripture that he, he, uh, John either poured water on him or he was sprinkled. And we're going to talk about that. Because I think it is important uh, because of, of the scriptures. Uh, the scriptures speak for themselves. And from Hebrews chapter 9, 
the word baptizo in the Greek, that's the Greek word for it, does not always mean immersed. And we have Hebrews 9, 10, says, since they relate only to food and drink and various washings, and that's baptizo, regulations for the body imposed until the time of reformation. Now, we're not going to talk about what all that means, but we see that again in verse 13 of Hebrews 9, verse 19, and verse 21. They're all examples of sprinkling. And uh, in the Old Testament, it was all sprinkling or, or pouring. And uh, why did they think that John might be the Messiah? Have you ever thought that? Why did they think John might be the Messiah? Well, in John 1, 19 through 25, it says, This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, See, I am not the Christ. But why did they think he was? They asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice, which we saw last week, of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way uh, of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? In other words, they thought he was. Why? He was baptizing. I think that's pretty pretty, uh, clear from Scripture. Uh, What does the Old Testament say about the Messiah who was to come? And of course, they they knew the Scriptures. The only thing is they didn't understand the type of baptism I believe that Jesus was talking about, okay, which was of the Holy Spirit. Thus he will sprinkle, notice, sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told them they will see, and what they had not heard they will understand. And he will baptize many nations. With what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you see. And so they were saying, are you the Messiah? Because you are coming baptizing. And he said, no, what? I baptize with water, but there's one who's coming, who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah for that. Uh, He is the Messiah, uh, this one who is coming. And uh, water does not change hearts. Water does not change hearts. Uh, And another thing that's interesting, notice it's all sprinkling. When he was come, he would be sprinkling many nations. You know, if John had been putting people under the water, probably another question they would have asked would, why have you changed the mode when it says that you'd be sprinkling? I mean, that's an argument from silence. I understand that. But it's just something to think about, you see. And... uh, When we look in the Old Testament, it was all about sprinkling. um, uh, But baptizing Christ was the high point of John's ministry. Remember, in verse 7, it said that John was a very unworthy man. Uh, But I, I can tell you something right now. I am an unworthy man. You are unworthy as well. 
And so John was absolutely right here. I am unworthy to even untie your sandals, to stoop to you. Why? John realized who was before him. He realized that this was the Lamb of God who was going to take away the sins of the world. And uh, uh, he had a tremendous privilege here of baptizing Jesus. What was Mary's privilege? Giving birth to Jesus, you see. God gives us all different privileges. What is our privilege? To share the gospel with everyone. That's a privilege. I hope you realize what a privilege. You're telling people that He is the King of kings and Lord of lords and you can have eternal life through Him. I mean, that's shouting. Uh, now, what about, the, uh, what about the facts of, of Jesus' baptism? Uh, for one thing, when did it happen? Verse 9 says, in those days, literally in those days. In Luke, uh, it says in, in chapter 3 and verse 7, when people were coming out to be baptized, and uh, so that's in those days when people were coming out to be baptized. Uh, where was he from? Nazareth in Galilee. Where was he baptized? In the Jordan. These are simple, simple things, but uh, uh, nonetheless, they're from the Scripture and they're important. Uh, why was Christ baptized? Why was Christ baptized? Remember that John was baptizing people. Why? Because they were sinful. Now, is that why Jesus was baptized? Because he was sinful? Absolutely not. He was the perfect uh, son of God. He was the sinless son of God and did not need to repent of his sins. You know, even John tried to stop Jesus from being baptized. That's found in Matthew 3, 14 and 15. But John tried to prevent him saying, I have need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? In other words, I am so unworthy. But Jesus answering said to him, Permit it at this time. Why? For in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. Uh, in other words, I need to be baptized by you, Jesus. I am the sinful one, not you. Why are you coming to me? What was Jesus' response? We find it in verse 15. Uh, permit it. At this time, it is fitting, he says, to fulfill all righteousness. To do what is right. What are some reasons Jesus was baptized? I, I believe he was acknowledging John's ministry, for one thing, as the forerunner. Secondly, he was demonstrating his obedience he came, remember, to perfectly keep the law of God. And he didn't want two, uh, a year down the road, oh, you didn't do this. You haven't fulfilled all righteousness. You have sinned by not doing this. And so he was baptized uh, uh, to fulfill all righteousness. Uh, this is when he started his ministry. He was coming to be sprinkled as our high priest with the water of purification as he started his ministry. If you go back and read in the Old Testament, the Levites and the priests at the age 30 were what? Baptized, sprinkled with water. Again, sprinkled with water. Now, if, 
Anyway, we won't go there. But <laughs> I really think he was either water was poured on him or he, it was sprinkled. But uh, uh, anyway, this is what uh, was done. And so I think in all the art galleries where you see these beautiful uh, art paintings of Jesus being baptized, what? Uh, he's usually with his hand pouring water on him or with a bowl or something like that. And I think that's probably very accurate. Uh, probably very close to the way it was. And uh, uh, another thing, John baptized thousands of people. I mean, can you imagine doing that all day long? You wouldn't even be able to walk. <laughs> After the first hundred, I wouldn't anyway. But, uh, so I think, no, he was, he was doing it as it was taught in the, in the Old Testament. Uh, they didn't need special clothes or anything. They were going down into the Jordan where there was lots of water. Nobody had to be running around getting bowls full. And he just used the water there, and then they, and they left. But uh, uh, there's a lot of encouragement from this. Whether you believe in immersion or sprinkling, it doesn't really matter. That's not. Uh, but I'm just saying, look at the Scriptures. See what's in the Scriptures. But uh, the encouragement is we see Jesus is our high priest who is in heaven interceding for us. Uh, in the Old Testament, the priest entered the Holy of Holies with the names of the tribes on his shoulders and his breast. And Jesus, God blessing, we find in Hebrews 9, 24 through 26, for Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands. That would have been what the high priest did when he went in there a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for whom? For us. Nor was it that he would offer himself often as a high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood that is not of his own. Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Boy, what a powerful, powerful uh, passage uh, that is. And for time's sake, we won't be able to dwell there. But uh, keep that in mind. Also, 1 John uh, 2.1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate or a paraclete. One who comes alongside of. One who intercedes for us. An advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so, uh, that's what Christ does for us by being the great high priest. And uh, the reasons for this being encouraging to us, uh, he is a faithful one who prays. He's a faithful prayer. It's kind of hard to say. But uh, he faithfully prays. He forget, never forgets to pray for us. Do you ever forget to pray for people? Yes. You know, somebody will say, pray for me, I'm going to have an operation. And, you know, and then I realize, oop, the operation's over. I forgot to pray for him. So what I've started to do uh, is when somebody says calls me up or say pray for I do it right then Amen. over the phone or in the church and I want y'all to be 
better at this too. When somebody comes up to you and says, pray for my daughter uh, or whatever, uh, do it right then. Don't say, I'll pray for you. Yeah, okay. Because chances are uh, you're like me and you may, you may forget. But pray for them. I, I saw someone doing that the other day in church. And it really thrilled my heart. I saw them over there with both of them. With their, I don't know what they were praying about. That wasn't my business. You know, but it excited me to see that that's going on. And I'd love to have uh, 50 people in here praying for each other. Uh, that's, that's what it's all about, people. Uh, Christ never forgets to pray uh, for us. He never slumbers nor sleeps. Uh, humans can only uh, listen to one person at, the, at, uh, at one time, but Christ hears the prayers of everyone all the time. Millions of people in all the different languages, He can hear them. Do you realize how absolutely unbelievable, humanly speaking, that is? I mean, I don't even know the English language very well. (laughs) And I know a little bit of German and a few words in French or something, but that's it. And yet Jesus knows every language because he's a creator and he hears all their prayers that there are millions of people praying at one time. Not only that, but it's an authoritative prayer. It's an authoritative, authoritative prayer. He never has to beg. Whatever Christ prays for always comes to pass. He always prays according to uh, God the Father's will and is always answered. You know, we find an example of that in Luke 22, 31 and 32 about uh, Simon Peter. Uh, Christ prayed for Peter that his faith would not fail and did it. No. I mean, he didn't uh, go away like Judas Iscariot. He was not... uh, But anyway, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have what? Do you realize that's what Jesus does for you? I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when, when once you have been, uh, have turned again, strengthened your brothers. It's amazing. He, uh, whatever he prays for it comes to pass. Also, thirdly, Christ always prays for us. He always intercedes for us. Uh, Hebrews 7, 23 through 25. The former priest, on the one hand, existed in greater numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing. But Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him. Since he what? Lives to make intercession for them. Isn't that, I mean, that's exciting. That's encouraging to me to know that my wonderful Lord who can hear Billions of prayers at one time is, is praying for me. Now, how can that be? I don't understand that, but I believe it. I believe it. Uh, he is God, and he has declared it. Also, Christ knows our deepest needs. He's a sympathetic high priest. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. And see, 
I'm saying this is that Christ was anointed as high priest. He was the great high priest. And he needed to be, he needed to be uh, baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness. But now, what is he doing for us? Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, for let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Boy, I tell you, the book of Hebrews is incredible, isn't it? And our high priest and what Jesus is, uh, does for us. And uh, he knows our, our deepest needs. And he's moved with compassion. Uh, and we can come, what, to the throne of grace? Boldly. Why? Because of Jesus, our great high priest, who was sacrificed for us. Also, uh, he is the defense lawyer who never loses a case. And uh, Romans 8, 33 and 34, who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God the Father, who also what? Constantly intercedes for us. The scriptures are just filled with Christ, the intercessor, uh, and uh, uh, that's encouraging to me. I hope it is to you. Uh, but anyway, now back to the baptism. That was kind of a side note. But uh, Jesus, uh, in verse 10, see heaven torn open like a veil. And that's what the word is. Uh, the heavens open. The same word is used when the veil was rent from top to bottom. Torn open, torn apart. And this is what uh, it's like. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes down as a dove. And uh, this was, uh, I believe, proof to John the Baptist. Uh, John 1, and 34. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. John was sure because of what he saw that this uh, was and is the Son of God. And uh, we see uh, <clears throat> that Christ always had the Holy Spirit, but this was a, an anointing as priest. And we see in, in Acts 10, 37 and 38, you yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee after the baptism which John proclaimed, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You see, his baptism was, was about being anointed by the Holy Spirit. Now, he already had the Holy Spirit, don't misunderstand me, but it was a outpouring of the Holy Spirit, an anointing, and I don't... Well, pretend to understand all that. But he, the Spirit of God was upon him. Luke says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he 
anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Speaking of the Messiah, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's what we're going to see he did. His actions proved who he was. These men would not have followed a simple carpenter who just made claims and didn't see with their own eyes what he was able to do. They saw arms that were withered, completely restored. And they record that for us. And it's, uh, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's the truth. And uh, so we see the Trinity is involved in this. The Holy Spirit coming down uh, in, in power. And the Father was also involved in the baptism. We see that in verse 11. Uh, also from Isaiah 42.1, Behold my servant whom I uphold. Father speaking, my servant Jesus whom I uphold. My chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Isn't that amazing? Old Testament. The Father speaking of the Son, I delight in Him. And He says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Whoa! This is the God that we serve. And, uh, and He says uh, that He was well pleased with Christ. I was well pleased. He's always been well pleased with the Son. This is a timeless statement here. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased from all eternity past and continue even to this day. I am well pleased with Him. When you look at yourself, what do you see? What about me? What is, how does this apply to me? When you look at yourself, what do you see? You see shortcomings. You see imperfections. And I'm speaking of myself here. You see failures. You stumble. You fall. You see how unworthy you are like John the Baptist did. You're like Paul who said, O wretched man that I am. But when God looks at you, because He sees you in Jesus Christ. What does he say? Same thing the Father said to Jesus, because you're in Christ. I am well pleased. I want that to really sink in. I've I've mentioned that before, but I I want you to really let that sink in. God is well pleased with you this morning. Is it because of anything you have done? No. Because all your righteousness is filthy rags. But he is well pleased with you because of the righteousness of Christ. Ephesians 1.6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, which He bestowed on us in the beloved, Jesus. It's because of Jesus. We're in the one whom he loves. We're in Jesus, the beloved. You're beloved this morning. You're loved this morning. Why? Because of Jesus. 
Nothing that you have done will save you. Nothing that you can do will ever save you. But you're saved because you're in the beloved. You're in Christ. You're in Jesus. And you're saved. You have this morning, by faith, His perfect record, His righteousness that's been imputed to you. You're declared righteous by faith in Christ. I want you to really let that sink in. Because this is so important when the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's you. This is my beloved David. This is my beloved Deborah. This is my beloved Janine. This is my beloved uh, Dicey in whom I am well pleased. Do you really believe that, that he's well pleased? That will change your thinking. That will change your life. When you really believe that, gosh, he loves me. I'm in Christ. He loves me. And he'll change your life. He'll change your life. Let's pray. Father, this morning, what, what a powerful three verses in your word. Lord, what amazing grace. What amazing grace that you would come and save a wretch like me. Father, I thank you that we can be encouraged that Christ is our great high priest who ever lives to intercede for us. And that we are loved in Christ, that we are in the beloved. Because you love Christ, you see, when you see us, you see Christ. Lord, help us just to rest in his finished work. Lord, help us to believe that he loves us, that he is praying for us constantly, that he uh, doesn't go to sleep, he doesn't go off on vacations, but he is with us even now. And he will always be with us because we're in Christ. Lord, just teach us. Encourage our hearts, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, uh, we need you. I need you, God. Thank you for ministering to us this morning and ministering to me. In Jesus' name, amen.